If we could uh, get Marie, can you get the, the photo slide up? So we recently had a team from our church as well as a couple of dear friends join us to go to Hungary for about eight days. And um, this slideshow is going to just move through. Uh, it's fairly quick, but... It'll probably come back around. We're just going to let it go while we share. So we're not going to pause to do watch this. Um, I'm going to ask that our team members uh, move to the front row so that you can come and kind of be ready for the next one uh, to share. And one thing I will say about the, the slideshow is, as you can imagine, we, we did a lot of ministry and, and we were a part of numerous trainings and church services. But what you're going to see up here mostly is us eating. <laughs> because everybody was fascinated with the foods we were eating, as well as a lot of, of buildings um, and beautiful uh, landscape. Uh, the outside of the buildings uh, look quite kind of old. Uh, this was where our apartment uh, that we stayed and you'll see in a moment some pictures inside that are just gorgeous. And you think, oh my goodness, it must be you know, New York or something like that. It's a beautiful flat, but the outside of the building was, was what you saw. We, each one of us are going to share briefly um, this morning just to share a highlight for it with you. And one of the ways that Clara encouraged us to share was to think about this element that we have talked about historically, but not too much lately, which is upward, inward, outward, forward. Um, kind of like the love of God is upward and outward and breadth and depth and all that. But anyway, upward has to do with our relationship with God. Inward is our relationship with one another. Outward, of course, is the expression of Christ's love going out from us. And then forward is our own personal development and growth in Christ-likeness. So we've invited our team to reflect and consider uh, those elements as they share. So Tina, you are going to be the first. I'm sorry, give me one more minute. So John and, and Jofi, that's one of their, that's their youngest son, uh, Augustin. John and Jofi, you'll see them up in front in the church services. They are missionaries of ours that have been with us, um, were with us for a number of years. John was a leader in our church, and then we were able to bless and send them out. And we are one of a few churches that support them, but they have been back and often shared with us and are a beautiful, beautiful family and a wonderful ministry expression that God's doing in them and through them. All right, Tina. And we need to stand up here because this microphone doesn't like that, or that speaker doesn't like that microphone. Okay. So I was praying for unity. We were all praying for unity. I know you all were praying for unity. And one of the first days there, I was reminded of Jesus praying for unity, and he prayed, may they be one as I am one in you and you are one in us. And I experienced that in a deeper way than I've ever experienced it before. Um, this was the best mission trip ever. <laughs> and every morning we would take time um, to go over a verse in the message version, Colossians 3, 12 through 17, and allow the Holy Spirit to highlight a word for us and speak to us through that word. And during this time, I felt um, this time to be both intimately personal as well as 
completely companionable and uh, unified flow of both um, giving and receiving, blessing, um, encouragement, um, intercession came out of those times. And then as the week progressed, just feeling that flow of team, but something deeper than just team, just this oneness of ministering uh, to the people. And there were just a couple uh, of things that stood out to me. And one was a morning uh, when Cindy and I were not feeling well and moved by compassion and love for us, the team prayed for us. And I was feeling very weak and very not well. (laughs) And something transpired in that praying for me where I felt like the boundaries of who I was disappeared and this oneness that it didn't matter how I felt, I felt invincible because I was one with this powerful team and felt unstoppable. And then another um, highlight of this being one uh, was at community group the church in Hungary had experienced some sadness and brokenness. And um, at any rate, Tommy was leading them through a personal uh, prayer ministry time. And all of a sudden, I realized there was this transition that I wasn't praying for them, for what happened for them, but I was praying for what happened to us, the body. powerful place to be unified that your problems are my problems your cares are my cares and I had this sense I needed to get down on my knees and I open my eyes to get down and I see another gentleman from Hungary already there before me and I thought I'm your sister you are my brother and one part of the verse is that we were um, reflecting on was content with second place. And it struck me that when we are one, when he abides in us and we abide in him, there is no second place. Cindy? And then it'll be Rocio... Clara, Tommy, and I'll finish. Well, I've been planning on going to this trip to Hungary for about two years. We kept putting it off, although I struggled and did not want to go. Did not want to go. Oh, I did not want to go to Hungary. (laughs) January, I just about just did not want to go. One week before we left, I finally had it resolved. Okay, I'm chosen to go on this trip. And I I think before them, part of the problem was I didn't want to be presumptuous that I've been chosen. (laughs) But I resolved it and accepted it, and I was chosen to be a part of this team to Hungary. And uh, so I went, and I was fine with going. And... The day we left, I woke up with a horrendous sore throat. 
and I was sick for the entire time. Now, I am um, <coughs> lead the social ministry here at our church and have the most experienced here at our church and so would presumably be one of the team members doing the social tr- praying. I lost my voice the entire time. I could not be a leader. <laughs> and I actually was okay with it because there was nothing I could do about it. it uh, I wasn't frustrated. It's just the way it was. <coughs> um, Tina was great. She filled in, became grew into that leading the teams. That is wonderful to watch her. And we, we did it together, kind of, so. But I really, I, I was sick. And one of the first words on our second morning that God really spoke to me was the word kindness. Uh, okay, cool. You want to help me to be more kind because often, or not often, but sometimes my words aren't very kind to people. So, okay, he wants me to grow in that area. And then Jesus immediately said, no, I want to show you my kindness. So that was real sweet, and I cried, of course. And then throughout that week, that's what he did. He showed me his kindness. And when I was weak and Tina was weak, and we stayed behind a few times when the team went on. And so we kind of did the tourist thing and just kind of strolled the streets of Budapest and and walked through the park and um, had dessert in the sidewalk cafes. The weather was just wonderful. There was no humidity there. And so it was in the 70s and low 80s, just, and there we were. And at the end, we were supposed to evaluate our times, what we were learning through our devils. And uh, the Lord spoke to me, because I asked him, what's the deal? I mean, you chose me to come. And so I came, and then I couldn't do anything. And that's what he said. Well, I didn't choose you to come to do. You've done all your life. I came so that you could be and that you could receive. And it was your time to receive, receive, receive. And, you know, it was really wonderful (laughs) receiving from my team, receiving from the body of Christ, receiving God's love. And... um, I might just say, if if you tend to be a doer, um, it's okay to pause and just be and let God love on you. And you just receive his love. It's pretty cool. Um, Before... We went to the tree. We have meetings every Sunday. And Clara prophesied to me, um, you are teaching. And I said, how? I mean, I don't know how. But then when my husband was teaching the social ministry and all the principles, and he led us in a prayer, and God revealed something to me that day. And also, I started feeling all the emotions and all the shame and pain 
well, he was revealing on me. And, um, and also, um, my husband says, honey, why don't you come and, and, um, <laughs> and just be a volunteer for a social session? <laughs> but that time, I was ready. I mean, the Lord showed me, but <clears throat> I didn't want to. You know, how am I going to tell my story, all these people and all the nice feeling? And I was wrestling with that. But the Lord told me, you need to start teaching. Teach them how to go through the session. And, uh, and it was amazing because I cried a lot <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> and then uh, I just feel secure, and, and God was leading me. And, and, and after that, he told me, you're good. You're, you are be obedient. You did be obedient. And that's, that makes me feel good. <laughs> and, uh, and also I think that people saw me like, oh, I mean, that's the wife's pastor. I mean, pastor's wife, she's vulnerable. Why? I mean, we can do all this too. That was my feeling. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, the first time we met uh, to do a sozo, it was with Jofi. And you know, Jofi, she knows everything. So we didn't do any of the stuff we should have done in a session. And so we did some debriefing, and Rocio's like, okay, now remember that next time you need to, you know, introduce yourselves, and you need to talk about the notes, and you've got to, you know, talk about the tree. And she's just like coaching us. We're like, oh, yeah, we totally forgot that. So she didn't just teach the congregation. She was teaching us. <laughs> so that's on you, dear. And you are a good leader. Tommy's blessed to have you by his side. So I just want to share, um, you know, I've been to Hungary three times. This was my favorite trip for sure, not just the eating. <laughs> I did eat wonderfully. It, it was just uh, a very powerful time with the team, um, with ministry in, in Hungary. Um, you know, I remember the last time I went, which was about seven years ago, that the people were dressed still in very dark, formal, simple, black, grays, colors. And this time they were quite European. There were, you know, skinny pants, ripped jeans, transparent blouses, you know, T-shirt, guys wearing T-shirts and stuff. So it's like, well, oh, it feels a little bit more like Europe. And, you know, Jofi said, well, yes, we have grown a little bit, but we are still very much under the thumb of communism. It's only been 30 years since that was broken. And so we're, we've been praying and we're very concerned that people are going to be very resistant to being vulnerable or sharing what's happened because they are very, uh, they tend to not have an opinion, only that opinion has been given to them and told that they can have this opinion. So it's very difficult to say, you know, this happened with the government or with the, my parents or any kind of authority figure. So she was uh, very concerned about that. Now, in, during our team devotion, one early on, I think it may have been the second time we had met there in Hungary, the spirit of intercession just came on us super strong. And as a team, we hadn't really gotten there. And it was just a surprise. And the power of God was very strong. And I knew that we as a team were coming against ancient gates and ancient mindsets. And so we were praying um, very powerfully and very much in unity. And just, just we knew 
that God was going to flip things with the ugliness and the destruction and the violence there in Hungary, that God was going to flip it. Now, um, in the 10th century, the first king of Hungary, his name was St. Stephen, and he said, that's him right there in his horse. There he is again. What timing. That's awesome. And there's McDonald's. <laughs> but anyway, Saint, this St. Stephen, the king, the first king, said, I um, mandate that this will be a Christian nation. And that was it. The authority said. And yet we're seeing very much that that's not. There's a lot of veils and coverings that the evil ones put over them, but we were praying for those veils and those coverings to come off. So that's very exciting to be a part of that. And on the contrary, I felt that our times in the sessions, the people were very open, very vulnerable, and shared very deeply hurts and pains, um, many from the hand of authority figures in their lives. So it it was uh, very, very powerful. So I just want to share a couple of the so-so times we had. So uh, we were six, but we broke into three teams. Even though one team had no voice, they had the spirit of Cindy. Um, And and so in a day, we ministered anywhere from six to 18 people on these um, hour to hour and a half, uh, two-hour sessions with people in praying for uh, inner healing for them. That was very powerful. And I just want to share two very quickly, two stories. Uh, I have lots more. So if you want to hear more about what's going on with Hungary, come have lunch with us afterwards. We're going to BJ's on 1604 and Culebra. Just come, sit with us, and we'll talk your ear out. Okay, but here we are. So this one particular woman, she came. She was struggling with depression, um, paralyzed almost, couldn't get out of her house, uh, very insecure, felt like she was a big flop for her parents. She hadn't succeeded in college, and she had chronic, severe back trouble. So we're, we're praying. We talk about the tree. You know, the tree has roots, and the roots have sometimes a bad place, and there's the trunk, and there are the leaves, and there's fruit. And sometimes the fruit's not good. So you look at the fruit, and you have to go down to the root and find that root and deal with that root so that fruit, you don't just pick off the fruit, you pick off the root that's connected. And so we're explaining explaining this to her and saying, so we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit, you're going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the root. So this fruit of fear, anxiety, depression, paralyzed, back trouble, sometimes even connected to that, can be cared for. So she went to a two-year-old memory. And this gal's not even part of the church. Just so you know, this this particular person was not part of the church. She went to that two-year-old memory where her dad was very abusive to her and told her, you cannot cry. You cannot be sad. And so she internalized that from age two all through her adult life. And she tried to hide her emotions. Later on when she could read, she would hide by reading. Um, and, And she was paralyzed, basically. So we pray she's able to go through the seven steps of forgiveness, forgive her dad, forgive herself for some of the choices she made that were dysfunctional in her own life. And she was just radiant. I said, okay, well, now we're going to pray for your back because sometimes pain is connected to the root. And she says the pain is gone. It's completely gone. We don't even have to pray for it. And she had come in with severe pain, so that's pretty cool. So the last story I want to share is of a 10-year-old. 
I got to pray for a 10-year-old um, from her Sunday school class. She was there, and Jopie had made this little drawing about the tree with the root and stuff that the kids could color. And so this little girl, I'm praying with her, and same thing. And she goes, I just have this problem with anger. I don't know. I just get angry at my brothers and sisters. I just want to. And they're little brothers and sisters. Yes. You know, and I said, okay. But she was really sad about it. She, and I said, well, how long have you been having this trouble? Oh, about a year. I said, okay. Well, you know, the tree with the root and let's find that thing. And sure enough, she remembered a memory where her sister had some friends over. And they want to play with the little sister. That doesn't sound like a big deal, does it? Every big brother or sister does that to the little brother and sister. I don't want to play with you because my friends are here. But it wounded that little girl. And she was struggling with, with the anger issues over that thing. And so she went through the seven steps of repentance and forgiveness. And she was cheerful and says, thank you so much. So anyway, it's good stuff. I'm glad I went. Now, I do want to say one thing in, in encouragement and admonition to you all. This church is gifted with many people that know how to pray profoundly for inner healing. And I went through one just like about a month ago. I'm the pastor. Y'all need to be signing up to get prayer. It is a lifelong commitment. God will bring things up to the surface of things that need to be taken care of. And every Sunday we have people come up here. We would have more if we needed them. But come up here to pray for you. For whatever's going on in your life, take advantage of it. Don't make somebody travel 5,800 miles to come here and do it to you. All right, that's my part. <laughs> well, uh, Rosio and I were so uh, honored and excited that y'all would allow us to come alongside uh, the, the team and to go and to represent. You know, the vineyard there in Hungary, and what a blessing it was. And, you know, hearing Randy talk about, you know, you're going to see all these pictures of the eating, and Cindy talks about, you know, we did the tourist thing. I'm thinking, wow, I was exhausted on this <laughs> We prayed, you know, nonstop for all of these uh, personal ministry appointments. I think we had about 25 or 30, you know, personal ministry sessions. And, uh, and we were also concerned that people wouldn't open up. They wouldn't, uh, you know, let the things come up. And it seems like that when they had a little taste of it, the floodgates opened up. And uh, getting to share in all those different settings. Uh, one thing that uh, came to my mind just in processing it, and we love those deep times that Sarah would, uh, Clara, <laughs> would lead us with uh, every morning. And it's just like God would speak to us in, in deep ways. And uh, on the last day, kind of we reflected on what God had done. And one word came to me was strategic. Uh, because sometimes you go and you wonder, well, did that accomplish anything was that just you know dropping the bucket or something like that and i felt like the lord was really saying this was strategic more strategic than you know than you realize and some of those things i felt like he was saying by that was that uh, uh you know budapest the city is in the heart of hungary you know, it's the center of what takes place there and then uh, john the pastor john and jophie he was telling us that budapest was the cultural center of all of Europe for a long, long time. And those, are, those things have spiritual significance. So just the location of being there in Budapest, there in the heart of Hungary, there in the heart, an ancient heart of Europe, uh, was carried strategic spiritual significance with it as well. 
And then with the church there, uh, we had an opportunity to minister to John. He is the associate director of uh, all of Hungary for the Alpha Ministry, a great evangelistic ministry. So getting a chance to pray into his life, come alongside them. And then he opened the door for the director of all of Alpha in all of Hungary for us to have a time of ministry to him. And uh, the other team ministered to his wife. So just it seemed like God was opening very strategic doors. And one of my favorite moments of the whole trip uh, that felt to me strategic for their church there in the life of the, the church there in Hungary, um, we were invited to go to this home group meeting in a little village outside of town uh, by a blind man who had been one of the pillars of the church. Is still, you know, a voice, a recognized voice named T.B., and he came to the training and he said, uh, you know, I'm going to be talking about the three R's everywhere I go. And, and would you come share this with my home group? So it was he and his wife led a home group. And so we went out there one night. And it was after we'd had this, Sarah talked about the, the breakthrough and the gates and how God came with intercession one morning. It was just, I mean, you're just shivering with the presence of God that morning. I wish words could convey, but part of it was God gave us a vision about these gates being opened up in a battering ram, breaking open the gates. And I felt like part of it was being fulfilled in our midst at that home group. And what it was was driving out there, jo- Jofi was uh, driving the car, and she said, you know, this is an important gathering. At this home group we're going to, the key pillars of our church attend this and have for many years. This is very important. She didn't say the word strategic, <laughs> but that's what was coming to my heart. This is very significant. And, I, and she said, and there's so much hurt that's been in the church from the past. You know, way back that had a big church split over the gifts of the Spirit and welcoming the Holy Spirit, that kind of split the church. And then there was a pastor and his wife that stepped aside and they were replaced. And there was all this hurt and anger and bitterness over that. And she's telling me a little bit of that. And she said, you know, tonight uh, the, those key people are going to be there. And I said, well, are you saying we should uh, uh, turn the meeting time into something about that? And she said, consider that. And so I started considering that. It's like about a 30-minute drive out there. I was like, Lord, that seems pretty big. Do you really want us to speak into that? Do you want us to open that kind of a can of worms? And, and so we arrived. It's time to you know, get together for the house meeting. And, and I just said to Jofi, I said, Jofi, are, are you sensing that that's right, that we're supposed to speak into that, pray into that tonight? Or, or do you have some check in your spirit that we shouldn't? And she thought a moment, and she said, no, this this must be done, and this is a time. This is an opportunity. And so we just went with it. <laughs> we had our worship time, and coming out of that, I talked about the idea about forgiveness and how in our own personal hearts we can be stuck by the hurt and the pain of the past, and that holds us back from living into the fullness of our calling and our identity. It's like a weight, a heaviness is over us. And I said, you know, those same principles that happen in a person, all those same principles apply to a church, to a church body. And so from what Jophie is telling me, and I had her share a little bit what she told me in the car. You know, sounds like there are some deep hurts in the church body. This church body is stuck there in some pain and brokenness of the past. And it's like a weightiness, it's a heaviness holding the church back from living into the fullness of all they're created to be. 
And so as I shared that, I said, let's just be in prayer. Maybe God will show you some particular hurt or wound or unforgiveness or offense that you have as we pray through. And so I led him in a prayer and I talked about those principles that we've talked here about uh, praying through the generations, how God will let us stand in the gap for the past generations and magnify our prayers out for the whole body, like Daniel's of Daniel chapter uh, 9, that prayer. So I talked about the principles and then we led them all in that kind of a prayer, just out loud and, and then letting God bring things up personally and without them having to talk it out loud, but just give it over to God in, in their hearts. And you could just sense God was moving. He was doing something deep in that home church. And I guess I was uh, praying with my eyes closed this time. <laughs> it's good to pray with your eyes open so you can see what's going on. But I was just deep into it, I guess, as I was leading everybody in the prayer. And when I opened my eyes toward the end, and God had been speaking some prophetic words, you know, at the end of that, encouraging words. And uh, one of them that was that He was taking this church's prayers and humility and lifting them up to a new place. And when I opened my eyes, I saw, you know, where Tina was kneeling next to this, uh, one of the pillars in the church, and he was on his knees, you know, kind of this strong Hungarian man, but he was on his knees, you know, weeping before God. And so I just felt like I was supposed to go over, and I said, you know, and then just we speak this as a prophetic act over this church that God says when you humble yourself in His sight, He lifts you up. And I say, you have humbled yourself in the sight of the Lord for yourself and on behalf of this church. And the Lord just says, I am lifting you up. And I lifted Him up. And He just lifted up His hands. And it was like a release. God was releasing. I had in mind that, bear, that uh, uh, battering ram breaking through the gates. And uh, I just prayed that that truly was significant in the life of the church. And I pray that everything that happened there, what He did in us, taking us to that deeper place of unity and surrender, He was doing in the life of that church, which is very strategic. And then there through Budapest to Hungary and even to Europe. And so thank you all for letting us come alongside you and have an opportunity to, to have an impact like that in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. Amen. Prior to going on the trip, uh, we had numerous team meetings the three Sundays prior. And uh, one of the things we had leading for was the uh, sort of uh, revving up the encouraging words, prophetic words. And so we did some training uh, with ourselves that way as a team. And I had this really, really strong sense that we were going to be able to have um, an impact outside of the church services and outside of the trainings uh, in in the community, which um, did not end up happening, but there were a couple of things and then one fairly profound thing. One was that at uh, one of the lunch times we uh, asked John, who was having lunch with us, who speaks Hungarian, to speak to the waitress and say, we're going to be praying before our meal. Is there anything that we can pray for you or your family about? And so then she spoke some English, but she did not know those words. And so John translated it, and then she got all kind of weirded out. And and it was awkward, and John's, trying, John's continuing to talk to her. Well, John figures out that what she heard was, would you please pray for our meal? <laughs> and she didn't pray for meals. 
But eventually, it, it came through, and, and she very kind of quietly, you know, awkwardly, because John had said, John, you know, John had said, you know, they're not very open people. They don't like sharing vulnerably. So this is a little edgy. But anyway, she said, well, I, I have some health problems. So she stepped away about four feet away, right by the door, just near us. And then, I don't know, one of us prayed, <laughs> and we prayed in English, um, and we prayed for her as well as, as the meal. And then she, she slipped away. And we had our meal and did our one of those wonderful sidewalk cafes that was just wonderful, uh, Hungarian goulash. And uh, as we were leaving, she came up to us with tears in her eyes saying, thank you for praying for me in English. And that was a simple little thing. That was very profound. And then uh, one morning we were on our way to uh, some ministry train, some ministry prayer times, and they get, we had the gals had to get there first, so Tommy and I were there with them. And there was this little uh, street market, little uh, with veg, fresh vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. And so Tommy and I had a little while, so we decided let's go, let's go see. Maybe we'll grab some some fruit for the because we were we were eating out, but we still had a refrigerator and stuff anyway. So we go down there and we start talking English, <laughs> English. Kosenen, uh, I can, I can, I learned to say a few, a few things. Uh, anyway, um, it was fun. So anyway, we're we're doing this. She calls down a friend from another booth who speaks English, and so that was cool. And as we were paying, Tommy goes, "Well, can we pray for you?" And the English-speaking one sort of backs up. Um, I guess so can can you ask her if it'd be alright if we pray for you okay so no Tommy steps down puts his hand on her shoulder and we get in this little huddle of the four of us and I asked the woman who spoke English would you be willing to translate the prayer why not so Tommy does a Tommy prayer of blessing upon their businesses and, that, and God's provision. And this other lady's translating it not quite as powerfully as Tommy. In the name of Jesus, I command the blessing. And no, he, he I modified it a little bit. But they were beaming when we were done. And they said, thank you so much. That was so special. So those were our two little kind of situations. One last little story. We, we uh, you know, there's never enough. To, I know. Claire's looking at me. <laughs> um, we had um, in the first training. Tommy was talking about the Holy Spirit and ministering with the Holy Spirit, and spoke of praying to the Holy Spirit. Surely that was his question. So you must have said that or something like it. And a guy raises his hand and he said, why, why do, you can't pray to the Holy Spirit or something. Asked a question. Why, why do you pray to the Holy Spirit? And you could tell that there wasn't very much training. The church split 20 years ago. There was a charismatic wing and a non-charismatic wing. And the church we were ministering to that John and Jophie are now leading was the non-charismatic wing. <laughs> And yet, 
come Holy Spirit. You know, John's been leading. They've got Alpha, stuff like that. But anyway, but it's still, it was still very. So Tommy was awesome. Answered that question. The rest of us were sort of freaking out, thinking, oh, no, what's this? We had a chance to minister Sozo Ministry to that gentleman. And the Holy Spirit came in power. This big, strong uh, leader, Hungarian business leader, tears streaming down his face as God revealed a hurt, a deep wound from his past. And through forgiveness and the presence of the Holy Spirit, he, uh, bring up that slide if you would, uh, Marie. Um, experience the person and presence of the Holy Spirit. Whether he still understands that we can pray and talk to the Holy Spirit, I don't know, but he got the Holy Spirit. So that was cool. The verse, there was a verse that Tommy and I got in one of our Sozo sessions, and then we ended up using it at another Sozo session, and, and then... Um, and then I ended up using it at the teaching that I did on Sunday afternoon. I did a, a sermon on, uh, on, on uh, encouraging words. And we ended the service with uh, a larger congregation, not much larger than this, a little larger congregation than this. And our team stood in the front. Clara was with the kids doing... Uh, Sozo ministry with children in the children's ministry and the rest of us stood in the congregation and we gave encouraging words, prophetic words, which I taught about and gave them some foundation material for to every single person in the congregation. It took almost an hour of extra time and we're going to do that this morning too. No, we're not. (laughs) Joy, you didn't freak out. I, I Okay, Daddy, whatever. Uh, Tommy, join me, though. Just Tommy. Come on up. We're going to pray a blessing. I'm going to allow Tommy to just pray a, a prayer blessing from, from us as a team, what we experienced, uh, what he led that congregation in, to just bless us with that. This is essentially Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost was on Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, anyway, 50 days thing. And this service was going to be a time to talk about the Holy Spirit. We will be continuing that. Kevin did a couple of weeks teaching wonderfully on the person work of the Spirit and our engagement. We'll be doing that for another month or so probably. But this morning, just as a part of that, I'd like to invite you to stand. And uh, I want, uh, Tommy, this is the verse. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's intention is always to fill us with the empowering presence of God to do what we cannot do on our own. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. God never intended us to live our life on our own, under our own power and strength. Okay. We're doing the hands thing again. Okay. By the row. You do the hand thing by the row. We're going to connect. <clears throat> <laughs> move, move across the aisle. All right. Well, thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, for this word from Romans 15, 13. 
May the God of hope, you are the God of hope. You're the God who puts your hope in our hearts. Hope for tomorrow. Hope for the fullness of all that you would do in us and through our lives. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace. Lord, how we need your joy. We need your peace. It's the kingdom of God. It is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. May You fill us with all joy and peace as we trust in You. Lord, help us trust in You more and more every day. Trust our lives to You, our heart to You, our pain, our shame, our struggles to You. Help us entrust our families to You, everything going on in our lives, Lord, that we would trust in You so that we may overflow with hope. Lord, let it overflow. Let it rise up. Let it flow out. Let it spill out. Let hope arise. Let hope flow that brings hope and life and encouragement to all the lives You would touch around us every day. That hope may overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, how we need Your power. It is not in our strength or our wisdom, but Your power that we can be Your witnesses. And Lord Jesus, in Acts chapter 1, as You were preparing the hearts of Your disciples for the day of Pentecost to come. You said you wait here in Jerusalem, for you will be endued with power from on high, for you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And Lord, ten days later, they were baptized in your Holy Spirit. The church of Jesus Christ would ignite it and set ablaze with the fire of God. And Lord, this is the Sunday we call Pentecost Sunday. This is the Sunday we mark what the, what the Hebrew calendar celebrated on Wednesday. This Pentecost, the 50 days after the Passover. And so Lord, with hungry hearts this morning, hand to hand, heart to heart, we say, come Holy Spirit. Let's just declare that. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, fill us up. Baptize us, Lord. Saturate us. Immerse us in Your holy fire. Set a blaze within our hearts, Lord, to love You, to passionately pursue You, to seek after You, to deeply surrender our lives to You. Lord, we want to be a church alive, a church on fire, a church that moves in the power of Your Spirit because we are filled to overflowing with Your hope. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord.